Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, part of the stable of Amazing FBA podcasts, which is kind of expanding. Talking of channels, today we have a wonderful guest, Judson Morgan, very deep Amazon background. He's scaled two Amazon businesses to eight figures. So that's enough of a reason to have somebody on the show in itself. But he was a filmmaker and he's now running a video agency. So he's got a really deep understanding of content creation. And I think that's becoming so, so important, especially video itself. So Judson, great, great to have you on the show to talk about this topic. Welcome. So excited to chat about it. Yeah, we're going to chop it up. As you said, I'm learning my American phrases here. Uh, That sounds a bit aggressive, but you know, uh, we're going to have a good old chin wag is is the British expression here. So uh, the first thing I want to talk about, I'm going to plunge into this concept of the customer avatar because it's been discussed, you know, on our show and and many other shows uh, so many times. It's the basis of branding. But the first thing that I run into with with the better clients I've got are very good at being analytical because they love spreadsheets and that means they make a profit and their business does well and they deal with logistics and logical stuff. But this is very abstract and so they struggle with this stuff. It doesn't mean they're not willing to wrestle with it, but it's it's a problem. So how do analytical type people who are good at running successful businesses up to a certain, maybe they're hitting a limit with that. How do they start engaging with the abstract idea of customer avatars and brand building? What's the starting point? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's fascinating because Amazon, this, this whole FBA business model really allowed folks who had no branding experience to succeed in a major way. And it's, it's interesting because we used to have to start, like, you know, there wasn't an, a pre-built audience. You know, Jeff Bezos brought us all the eyeballs. And then all you had to do was sort of understand how to rank for a keyword, right? And then if your product was okay, it would convert. Now what's happened is the there are more and more and more products, more it's more and more competitive, and you're getting squeezed out, right? I understand because I'm getting squeezed out. My products are getting squeezed out. So what is going to keep us from getting squeezed out? It's that content and that brand story that we tell and the quality of our content and the conversion rate. So we get the session with that amazing first image and we convert with really quality content. That's where the game is now. Two years ago, you didn't need it, right? Now you absolutely need quality of a brand and a quality content. So how do, where do we start? We, you know, I think, I think starting with a customer avatar is very smart. And I think for analytical folks, I mean, what you have a couple options. You can go into your data and look at, you know, Amazon will tell you my customers are, you know, this age or whatever, those kinds of tools. You can look through tools and get the actual hard data of like, okay, it's uh, women, you know, 14 to 35, but that's every single customer. That's who the customers are. Customers are women 20 to 40, right? Unless you have a very, I mean, that's almost every product in the world, right? So the getting specific about what your customers pro- what the problem is that your product solves so i would say problem solution think about problem solution who is the who is the person who has a problem that your product solves and it doesn't have to be hair loss right 
My so let's let's talk about sort of a more generic product, like a scented candle. So a scented candle doesn't solve it's not solving the world's problems, but maybe somebody is stressed and X kind of candle, a lavender candle, helps them relax. Maybe that's their problem. Maybe it's decor. It's like I don't, I can't find something that is that could fit in my entryway. That is the right colors, is the right vibe, and like I, I just want something about a little piece of home decor, and that's the problem they're solving. So start your building your customer identity, your brand, your avatar through a problem solution framework. That's my suggestion. And you can do that analytically, and it doesn't have to be you're, you're a massive creative genius who understands the psychology of human being. Ultimately, we need to get there, but like that's a good place to start. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you don't have to start by being a genius who understands psychology. <laughs> Although a bit scary that you said that's where we need to end up. But I think you're right. I mean, in the end, it may not be the business sort of creator who ends up being that. Because if you're great right. at analytics, you may not be so good at imagination and vice versa. That's just a traditionally things tend to be on a scale that way, don't they? Not always, but mostly psychological truth. Um, yes. Little aside that you just put in there, which I just want to just pick on. And it's more of a tactical little thing, which knowing Amazon, that means it will change next week but at the time of recording is sort of early september 2021 just to put a date on this you can get some customer avatar sort of analytics data from amazon if that's the case i haven't come across that so please tell us how do we find that good question i know i know i i have a tool i think it's in it's in brand analytics right and then yeah and then uh repeat customer behavior purchase behavior demographics so if you're in, if you're in brand analytics and you go to demographics, then you can see you know age, you can see gender, that those types of things, household income, education, gender, marital status. So in brand analytics, if you're brand registered, which you definitely need to be, then you can get some of this data for your clients, and you can go back quarterly or whatever. I mean, you, you get it for all your Amazon customers. Great. By the way, I feel very ashamed that I didn't hadn't even bothered to look in analytics enough to find that. But nevertheless, I, to the point that you just made, but almost every product is bought by women 20 to 40. So it's a bit of a, a broad thing. It's a bit like saying yeah. we're going to invade England. OK, Mr. General, where is that? It's in Europe. Like, yeah, no, no, Sherlock, I yeah. should swear my own podcast. But yeah, that's kind of obvious. So yeah, to the point that you're making, I like the fact that what you've given the example, the scented candle, just if we're very product centered, I think most people end up product centric because they're developing their products that's a bit different from the mentality of you know somebody's just selling other people's products we we forget that actually it it's a vehicle for an experience don't we for people so you know right. this candles for de-stressing this candles for home decor and i'm just visualizing when you were saying that a very different website with beautiful interiors and people who that's really right. care about being put together dressed wise you see them go to work on the tube or which you know the subway or walking down the street and they look a certain way they have a certain house have a certain car that's a completely different from somebody who's stressed out and has a completely messy house but wants to relax and so i think to the point that you have to step away from the product don't you so how do we begin to to do that in a more analytical way then uh, let's assume that, that we're dealing with the analytical type person because they're the ones who struggle the most with this in my experience but you've got a product you've got a bit of brand analytics data which is very general where do we go next yeah dig into so you know okay so you know it's not 65 year old men you know you know there's okay what's this woman this woman is 20 to 40 probably right but you know all, all of us have different you know maybe you do um, a men's candle line Maybe you do a, a fitness, you know, equipment for a specific age group, or maybe you do kids products or pets, right? So there are very, there's very different 
things that could happen. But let's say, let's say we are in the 20 to 40 year old woman and you're in home goods or you're in, you know, what you want to do is you want to think about what, where is the person's mind? Where is their heart? Where is their, like, is this woman, is this person coming to amazon.com because they're running around like, oh shit, I'll, I'll curse because you did. I started it. <laughs> Americans don't curse. Was, you know, you know what I'm saying? I, I noticed no, that. No, we yeah. never, never. Re- um, rarely on podcasts compared to Brits, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, so so this person is sitting at their computer or on their phone. Actually, 60% of the time, it's their phone, right? So they're coming to their phone and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm running out of toilet paper. Or I am, you know, in. I have this need. I have that. So this is the way we frame it. And as as you said, I'm, I'm a Hollywood filmmaker originally. My wife is an actress. I, I've been in the storytelling. I have a master's of fine arts in storytelling. And so you think about the customer's story. What is this, this human being, if they were the hero of a movie, what, what's their story? What's their struggle? What are they doing? What, what are their needs and what are they struggling? And how can you, how can your product come in and solve that little problem that's in their life? So you think about it like you want to help the hero who is the customer. You are not, your product, this is where people get it wrong. Your product is not the hero. The customer's the hero. You want to frame everything around. So this is why we think about when we're creating content. We, I'm, I'm giving you guys deep, deep uh, stuff here just like really quickly. And this could game change all your content. But if, if you think about your content based on what the customer is his life or her life and what he or she is thinking and feeling, as opposed to the features of your product, who cares that it's this long or that it has is made of this material? They don't care unless it makes their life better, unless it helps them on their journey. People only care about themselves. Yeah. And they, they, if you speak to, if you, if they come to amazon.com and you speak to their need and all the other products are speaking to the features, you're going to get that conversion every time. Yeah. And by the way, I think there's a nuance here, which is that this is a, how can I put this? A very American kind of approach which is incredibly important in america if you are british and this makes you kind of feel a bit queasy like i do sometimes i'm like why does it matter that this is a perfect product for you get over it buy it already which is a strange thing to say but you know i was brought up that way it's not how it works in america the the customer is king in america in the far east they're god in britain they're kind of tolerated in london and outside london they're reasonably polite so we have to get a different level of care and expectation of care from the customers and customers expect you to fit the 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 shoe beautifully tailored to their foot as it were so i think that's so right by the the other nuances if you're trying to sell to germans and you're american listen to this don't do this in germany they love features they're a nation yeah. of engineers they produce totally. the best cars the best pianos uh, in the world i mean american cars are very fine and steinway is also made in america but there is something about the Ameri- the germans that have engineering in their soul you have to talk features which is a real culture shock for american marketers could you just sound a bit insane in in Germany. Whereas what strikes me is that in American culture as a whole, popular culture anyway, it's so ingrained that everybody's a hero in their own life. It's mm-hmm. so much a part of the culture in a way that we kind of have this in in Britain, but we kind of, it's kind of like an American thing grafted onto the Japanese kind of thinking. It's, it's a strange blend here. So I would say it's a little bit different, but I think it's so important for us to get how far you have to go with that with America. So if you're selling an Amazon.com and it's not got a sort of warm hug about it 
yeah it's not going to cut through right i mean so so do you work with british or, or european market you know sellers that the needs to sell stuff in america and, and if so what are the things that you end up sort of changing about their messaging or, or the approach yeah dude that is so fascinating and, I, and i've heard that before about the german market and we're just with my two brands we're just getting into that and so I, it's a very good reminder for me yeah that I, I what i heard was in germany they don't want you to sell it they don't want you to oversell they, they don't just give me the facts and i'll decide because i'm smart Exactly right, like they, how they think. Yeah, that's 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 pretty very, good summary. Yeah, very interesting. And and we're so I'm not talking about overselling. I'm not talking about you know sort of weaving this tail. I'm talking about really understanding a customer psychology. So in Germany, what we're talking about that's a specific avatar. We're talking about understanding that avatar, and and that's a great point. And so and so in in England, I think it's the same thing. We need to understand who that is. So you're right. There's differences, right? We're not going to speak the same way. And so, so to, to, I mean, I think it goes across the board and to answer your question, it, sellers in the U S in the UK, wherever they almost none of them have like a plus con- Well, I shouldn't use that phrase, have really good content, have high quality, super good content that we, so we call the image set, we call it a story, you know, story images. So you want to tell your entire product story through those images and you all know what I'm talking about when you say there's a, you know, like a Filipino Photoshop person who's like pasted some pictures on and some text or a Chinese, you know, sort of retouched. So, so they take pasted images or stock imagery and they put it next to the product. So like a woman smiling, but you can tell it's totally unrelated. So what that happens is what happens when you have those images and I, and I get it, trust me, because the custom content is not cheap. It's not cheap. That is you can get that stuff for, you know, whatever it is, 50, hundred bucks, whatever, something affordable. But what happens is it tells the customer something's off here. The customer is savvy. The customer understands they're going to see the most incredible Hollywood movie or on Netflix, watching this incredible content. That's like world war two. And it looks real. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh my gosh, they did that. They rebuilt this entire world and it looks completely real. That's what they're used to. And then when they come to Amazon and they see some pasted image and then it's like, uh, you know, it, it speaks to like, okay, this is, I'm going to get an Amazon type product. This is going to be cheap. And maybe they buy it anyway because the price is so good and they're going to test it out and then your return rate is high or whatever. But if you have that level of content where it's, it's, it's what it's, it tells a brand story. Like it feels like, oh, this is, this is a real brand. That customer trust, you're building such trust in a competitive marketplace. Like we said, two years ago, you didn't need to do this because everyone was coming to Amazon because they just wanted two-day shipping. They just wanted it quickly. And it's like, oh my gosh, this product's pretty good, right? That was enough before when they got it, right? And so we, we take branding all the way through. So it's like the content that you have on Amazon, but then when they get the package and they open it up and they're like, we start, this is, so this, let me give you one of our secrets at our agency. The first five seconds of a video, the first image that they look at, and the first five seconds of them opening your package, that's the secret. Because if it's incredible, then then they relax. They relax and they enjoy it. And they don't criticize it along the way. If your first five seconds of your video is weird and not good, if the first image is just okay, then then they start to think analytically or critically. 
Yeah, but if, if it's like super cool, if it's super, right, then they they relax. And it's like your fifth image doesn't have to wow them because they're already in a state of like, these people know what they're doing. This is a good brand. This is an amazing product, right? So so let, let's use the example of a scented candle, right? If the packaging is insanely cool, but it doesn't burn that well, or it doesn't smell that well, it sm- smell that good, it's, it's, they're going to forgive it. They're like, oh my gosh, this was so cool and so giftable. And they're going to forgive the other part and probably not return it and probably not leave you a bad review. Does that make sense? So we take it all the way through. It's interesting. What you're talking about is, this, I guess, talking about psychological principles. I mean, it feels like, what's it, the primacy effect? So it's like the first thing you do is kind of imprints a certain, I don't know what the technical word for it in psychology would be, but the first experience puts people into a certain mental state. And I think that mm-hmm. something about the Germans that the British and Lenin and Americans find a bit mystifying is they seem to be permanently analytical and therefore mm-hmm. permanently stressed. Well, I guess, look, maybe it's part of the culture living in the middle of Europe where you get attacked from both sides. Traditionally, mm-hmm. European history is very messy. I don't know, but the fact is that is how they act. And I'm a bit like that. My, my dad was a lawyer, so I try and forgive myself. But that sort of shifting people from the very analytical thinking to that sort of warm and fuzzy state is is what you're talking about. And I think that's, it's incredibly important because the next question I'm going to talk about is the hard question is like, what's the proof this works? If you're going to charge me, you know, eight, four yeah. times, eight times as much for the image creation, <laughs> that's a hard cost. And yeah. how do we justify that? But I guess what you're talking about is the, the, a sort of shift you're changing the game by the quality of images right if that's what yeah. you're, you're saying so this is a very psychological insight which is not just about pretty pictures so let's move on to that rather hard edge question that so sometimes when i'm having this conversation with somebody you know sometimes like i said like eight figure sellers or on the verge of that and they're super smart people they're very analytical and they're kind of they've had branding agencies approach them and and quote them ten thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars to do some work on brand colors and brand identity and getting their horrific fun choices better right. and all that and and it's hard for them to sell it to themselves i could see them sort of on the fence about it so if somebody's on the fence about this stuff how do we make it more measurable concrete for somebody yeah. like that to actually plunge into this for real, as opposed to hearing about it and thinking, yeah, nice idea, but I'm not. So I'm deep in these trenches, guys. I, I, I'm deciding on a daily basis. I have 150 SKUs and for my brands. And I'm deciding on a daily basis, am I going to upgrade all of this content? Am I going to pay my own agency? Am I going to use the bandwidth of my internal team to upgrade content or not? And so I'm with you. I completely understand you can make lots of money being analytical, ranking for keywords, having okay content, you can make lots of money. So this is for those of you who want to build a real brand for the long term. That's who we're speaking to. Those of you who are really good at the Amazon game and play and 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 I do this for some of my products. You can it's it's a great business model. You're making lots of money. Go for it. I'm not I'm not opposed to that at all. What who who we're speaking to is those folks who are like so let's let's look at let's think about Apple. Let's think about Nike. These are brands that are they have built such a brand that that you know it, no matter what the product costs, we will buy it. My wife just bought a hundred and forty dollar pair of Nikes for my ten year old because of brand. Because of brand, she yeah. right, you know. What I I'm just saying? by the way, yeah, I spent 155 pounds. So, 
getting on towards $200 on a pair of Asics running shoes. And I justified this because for sport and I don't do many sports and running isn't that expensive. But the fact is I had to trust the brand because I don't know yeah. enough about training construction to analytically say, was it, I didn't read an advert about it. I tried them on to be fair and, and I, they seemed comfortable and I ran on the machine and it, there was a bit of analytics involved. So it's not like I bought it offline on online. But nevertheless, yeah, you're right. And I've overpaid massively for apples in the past because it was Apple. Although you can go yes. too far with that because if it doesn't deliver, boy, love turns to hate. That's the only thing I would say about a premium That's brand, true. right? That's so true. as you said, you, you've got to create that wonderful experience when it, when it comes out of the box. But you're right. You're right. I'm living proof. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's it's that's what we're talking about, and and I'll tell you from personal experience here. So I am in the process of get, ramping up to sell my brands, and I've signed with an investment banker, and you know my brands are eight figures, and so we're looking for it's going to be a nice it's going to be a nice equity event here, and I will tell you I haven't we haven't gone to market yet, but from the feedback I'm getting so and from talking to. 10, 15 aggregators myself. So I've talked to, you know, Perch and Thrasio and all these guys, right? And they are obsessed with my companies. And they've told me this because they're they're a real brand. Because they're like, man, the the we just love the cohesiveness of your brand. So everything from I had an aggregator like go through my many chat flows from beginning to end. I mean, they're exploring every nitty-gritty detail of my brand. And seeing that the branding follows all the way through and they're like blown away. And so what ends up happening, you spend a little bit of money up front. If you're a seven-figure brand, eight-figure brand, you know, it's not, it's not nothing, but it's not the end of the world. And you get two benefits. Well, a bunch. You increase your conversion rate, which is free money. You're printing money. If you increase, I'm obsessed with conversion rate. That's what we do. Our agency increases conversion rate. Yeah. You, incre- you increase your conversion rate once. And unless something changes in the market, which, you know, things change a little bit, but like you go from, we, we did a, I'll give you one case study. We did, we did an entire brand called Microderm Glow. They were mostly amazon.com. You know, I think it's a, it's an eight figure company and we increased their conversion rate across their entire company. We did all of their SKUs, like redid content. So two videos on each listing, full set of imagery with infographics on there, uh, colors, branding, the whole thing and increase their conversion rate across the entire brand by 25%. So bottom line, that's like 500,000 to a million dollars per year of revenue, of free revenue from only this, only this activity, right? Yeah. Because you don't have to increase the sessions, it's just increased sales, right? Yeah. So conversion rate is magic. If you can take your conversion rate 5% up, 10%, right? It's magic. You're talking my language. I absolutely obsess about that. I always say to people, look, for God's sake, stop worrying about the traffic end of the funnel. Work on the conversion rate until it just sings, pings off the page and is just unmissable. And then then you open the doors to the theater and let the people in and only then like why would you want lots of people to see a listing when it's crap i mean you're just going to be judged by amazon and it will just ding it down the rankings right and it will be judged by everyone who sees it as well so i, I couldn't agree with you more so you, you said there were two upfront two two big benefits i'm guessing that because you're talking about selling a brand that the other one is you get more money for your brand am that's i right. right okay that's right exactly <laughs> yeah so so second is you, I'm going to get a higher multiple. So what's in the industry right now, four or five, if you're really good, maybe a six multiple, right? Because of my brand, we're, we're going seven minimum. I mean, and that's millions of dollars, 
right? This isn't a small thing. When you're looking to sell your brand and it's a bunch of hodgepodge products and the content's just okay, you're going to get a six. You're going to get, if you're really good at that, I was going to say six, six X sounds pretty, pretty rich as well, even in the current exactly. crazy times. I mean, like I was three X is much more typical, I would say. So yeah, by the way, if you heard it out there, folks, seven X is in this, this is Amazon focused businesses. They have a direct to consumer con- component, but not much or what's the sort right. of split. I mean, that's absolutely, I've just got to say, having spoken to a lot of aggregators myself, that is not just untypical or a little bit high. That's insane. That's like, yes that's ridiculous multiple so that that's really a, a, a massive pre- I mean, 7x okay 8 million a year businesses are, are rarer than seven a year i guess that's part of it but that's part I, of it but 7x is just crazy that's like a direct-to-consumer brand kind of like 2 million in the sde yeah um or ebitda then the multiples go up a little bit if you if you get above two and a half it goes up a little bit and three and four right so so forth so i had a friend who had above three million in ebitda and he sold for eight point something and he had a split between direct to consumer and Amazon. So um, much more than me. I'm hoping, you know, and I haven't closed any deals yet, but what we're looking at is, you know, 6X because we're we're at that revenue level, at that EBITDA level. Yeah. And then and then we're looking to get seven because the brand is so strong. I mean, we have a lot of things. We have, you know, 30,000 people on email list. We have, you know, a pretty big so- social media following. We have some celebrity endorsements. Those, so we have some you know, sort of less tangible things or, or, you know, we have a little bit of a brand glow. And I think the aggregators come in there like, man, there, there are massive opportunities here and to, to ignite this brand. It's so established. Right. And if you have 15,000 reviews on, on your top products, you know, those things start to add up. Yeah. But nevertheless, the, the core of it, it seems to be that the words you've used so far that strike me as less just about the images in a simplistic sense, but the bigger canvas is storytelling and consistency. I mean, the fact that they went through your money, and this is what people don't think about as well. Everything's could be under a microscope, especially if you're going through a sort of private equity. I mean, they put everything under the, the, the electron microscope, don't they? It's just insane. Yeah. Having seen the edge of some of those deals and yeah, the, the, everything you do is going to be looked at. And if it's not consistent, it's going to be, you think German consumers are bad. You should try a American private equity company. So all I can say, so yeah, that, that, yeah. that's, that is the scrutiny it's going to be looked at and yeah that to, in a sense you've got to prepare for that audience as well as the amazon oh, wait sorry yeah, by the way please, it, please. It, you need to think years in advance or at least a year in advance because they're going to be looking at trailing 12. so we actually thought about selling about a year ago and i and and talked started talking to some advisors and stuff and then it was like wait a second we need to really really ramp some major things up and like whether it was like margins or you know, different things like we we cut off bottom products. So guys, one tip here, your worst selling products, just cut them off. <laughs> just do it now, you know, get rid of them because they're dragging you down. And by the way, with the logistics nightmare of Amazon now, like that will help you immensely if you get rid of your bottom products, yeah. your bottom 20%, just cut them off. So, and by the way, we're doing that and then we're using it as an ad back. So we're saying this product is a failure. And so that $70,000 we spent on all of the launching and the product costs or whatever will be an ad back. I don't know if they'll give it to us, but that's what we're going to try. I was going to say, I haven't come across that. I've, I know I've discussed ad backs in some detail with some brokers, but uh, that's an unu- that's quite a cheeky one. But hey, you know, why not? But certainly, yeah. I, by the way, also cannot, you know, endorse what you just said enough. I mean, 
cut the bottom 20%. So hard to do emotionally. I mean, you've got the discipline to do it. I guess the fact that it might be worth millions of dollars is a, just a teeny tiny incentive. But coming back to this whole, you know, the branding thing and the broadest uh, picture. And in the next yeah. episode, folks, if you're more into the tactics, we'll be getting into the details. But I just wanted to give big picture stuff first. First of all, how much money should I be spending on this is the obvious question, because you've talked about that it adds a lot of value on the back end of, of the after conversions after a few yeah. months, maybe, and uh, masses of value if you get it right for the sale event, maybe right. in a few years. So how do we even begin to work out how much money to spend on it? Yeah. If you're thinking long-term, if you're thinking, you don't have to think I'm, we're going to be Nike. Like my brands are not Nike. They're, they're good and they're well done, but they're, you know, we didn't come up with one of the greatest slogans of all time. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're okay. So Right. But, but if you're thinking long-term, then, then it's a, it's an investment that, so think about it this way. If you're, um, if you spend uh, a little bit of money now, so the, these guys that we did their entire company, the one that I mentioned, increased their conversion rate by 25%. It cost them $30,000, 30,000 us. And in year one, you know, we talked to him six months later and he already, you know, it was already ROI positive. And so, you know, within six months. So the the benefit of that content, because this is the thing, it's not like you were saying earlier, I think that was before we started recording, you do a Instagram story, it disappears. This content lives for as long as you need it to live, lives for years, right? So for years, this company will have a 25% conversion rate increase. And that just goes right to your bottom line. So it's the way we look at it is it's an investment. It's not a cost. Ultimately, this is, we do not want to work with you if we don't all agree that we're doing something that will be beneficial to your company. Like you, you pay us five grand for something, you're going to make 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on that net after, you know, within the next six months to a year, right? So we have, we have examples of how that works on my, in my company. So my agency did my, my company's content. We have conversion rates of 45%. 30%, like very high conversion rate. Like that's one of the things that's attractive to the aggregators. It's like, oh my gosh, this company has incredible conversion rates and uh, sponsored video ads. So sponsored video ads are super important. Uh, they're expensive. So you have to have very good understanding of what, so we think about that concept that I mentioned earlier about the five first five seconds, you have to show your product in the first five seconds. You have to engage in the first five seconds. I see. I, I saw a sponsored video ad recently that was like, "I'm on my phone," and it's like this animated thing that like starts and takes forever to start and reveal the product. And I'm just like, well, I'm out, right? So you got to you got to think about those kinds of things if you're going to be spending. I, I look at sponsored video ads. I know I'm going down a little bit of a tunnel here, but I I look at sponsored video ads as a top of funnel activity. Right. So it is, it is brand awareness. It's such a prominent spot on amazon.com right now. And there's only one per page per, per, you know, the front page has one. And then the second page has another. And sometimes it's the same video over and over again. I think they're getting better at that. They're giving a, another video gets a second slot, but it was only one slot per key up until recently. So if you're winning that spot, it could be a little bit expensive. It's top of funnel activity. And then that can lead you to customer acquisition, right? So it's a way to think about customer acquisition or, or you know, the headline search ads also customer acquisition. Yeah. Um, 
So broadly speaking, I guess, yeah, I, I like the way of thinking. So instead of thinking in balance sheet terms, I suppose, if you're a very analytical person, like, you know, I, I like nerding out sometimes about this stuff. Instead of thinking of it as belonging the profit and loss so much, I mean, yeah, you could think of it that way. You're my accountant, might, But mentally, you think I'm investing in an asset now and then it's going to pay me back rather like, you know, we bought an investment property a while ago. We put a certain amount of money down. And, and there's a concept in property or, or real estate investing, I should say, for Americans that is payback time. So you, you put down whatever it is, $30,000, and then you take a mortgage out and stuff, and then that money will come back out to you from your rent after expenses, after X amount of time, three years, five years, whatever. So the payback time, if you like, of $5,000 investment in great image work, as you say, is measured in months, not years. So if you think of it that yeah. way, then I think that's, yeah, I like that. It's more of a helpful, so thinking of investing in an asset and then the cash flow from the asset pays for the asset itself. I guess a lot of us are more familiar with real estate. I, I certainly am than necessarily digital marketing, although obviously I sort of live and breathe it these days, but I like that thinking. So obviously that you've got a just crazy amounts to, to offer in terms of your experience. I mean, selling a couple of eight-figure brands whilst running an agency, having been a Hollywood filmmaker, it just sounds like you've just made it up. I mean, it's like James Bond, really. So you've got tons to offer people. So I know that you're willing to jump on a live call with people, which is amazing. So just tell us, I mean, one thing we probably ought to say is who is it for and who's it not? So you don't get inundated with people who you can't help. And, and how does that work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're just starting out, obviously you need photography and, you know, there are there are more affordable ways to do that. If you're we we've had brand new brands who, you know, they had they had money, they were like still working their day job and they were like we, we want to just do this right and take our time and like really spend the money. So we've had brand new brands have us do their content. But we're, you know, we're premium, we're a premium agency. So we could charge way more for what we do. So for from our perspective, it feels affordable. Um and, you know, I'm on both sides of it. So I, I understand it is affordable. There are agencies that are more expensive than us for sure. I mean, if you look at normal ad agencies outside of the Amazon space, it's 10x what we charge, right? So I was talking to a huge brand. So we, we do, um, our agency does content for other brands like Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, a billion dollar company and Shangri-La Hotels and Lowe's Hotels, both billion dollar companies. So we have huge clients too. So we have this Amazon, you know, clientele, and then also these major clients. And for them, it's like, they have an agency that they pay a million dollars a year to do their yeah. ads. Right. 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 So, so for us, 2,500 bucks is like incredibly affordable. If we're going to say we can do a white image, uh, a white image for you for 500 bucks, that's incredibly affordable. Right. So it's, it's just your frame of reference. So if you're, <clears throat> if you're a brand new Amazon, we would love to help you by the way, but we're not going to be the cheapest option. And I could, I could give you some options for cheaper ways. You can put your photos into animoto.com or one of those softwares that will create a little video for you for sponsored ads or related video shorts or to put a video on your listing. They, they, they release video in the UK now too, right? Because I, uh, I know it was... Yeah, I think it's available for most most people. I mean, there's always a little bit of variation, but yeah, as far as I know, for most people, I mean, certainly the clients have, I've worked on their own clients on my own stuff, then then it seems to be available. Yeah, yeah. I only yeah, hesitate I remember... because occasionally it's a bit of variability about the stuff. Yes, but yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, you've talked about videos on on the listing and sponsored brand ads with videos and that stuff. Yeah, that's all been available for a while. But I, I don't know that I answered your question. What did I answer? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you did. I mean, I was basically okay. saying, you know, what are people going to get? I guess what you you kind of answered the question of how much does it cost, really. But I mean, I know that this, you know, we ought to just let people know of two opportunities. Really, one is you could book a, a strategy session. So yeah. you've, I guess, I asked the question, who do you help? Which you've answered in quite a lot of detail, and also 
roughly how much it costs, which is really useful. And um, what sort of things would you go over with a sort of strategy session if a client's getting in touch with you and and what you're exploring working together? What what sort of things would you be able to feedback to them on that call? Yeah, so I think it would start with your, you know, where where are you at? You've got, you know, a couple SKUs, you've got 10, you've got one that you're getting started and do you have content yet or are you looking to upgrade your content? Most people have content that's just okay and they know it needs to be upgraded. That's mostly where we're at, right? They've either either found somebody on Fiverr to retouch the photos from their iPhone or they got a friend like you, they shoot some photos, right? Like you get your DSLR and shoot them, right? That kind of stuff. And that can work, right? But but you know, you know, you're talking the low conversion rates and you know you're leaving converge rate on the table. And so they come and, and then we we strategize about actually, so what we do is we say, it's not like we did on this call. It's not as much about the look of the imagery. It's not a much about how the infographics looking beautiful and that's important, but it's really about the story, the brand story and the product story. So you have a, you have a brand story and a product story that fits into the human story of the customer of your avatar. So that's where we go. That's where we take it because that's the high level activity, right? It's like you can get somebody to design this or, you know, and it might look pretty, but do they understand really the story that you're trying to tell? So most of the clients that come to us, we we step back and we say, let's think through the positioning in the market. We look at your, you know, your top keywords. So it, you know, scented candles for men. And we say, what is everybody doing in this? What do the main images look like? How can we stand out? What can we do a little differently? Maybe every single, every single product here has the main image that looks exactly the same for a reason. So let's explore that. And we look at that, we analyze the market with you and we talk through what, what, what we think, you know, in terms of your, in, in terms of like next steps for you, because it's, it's, it's almost infinite, the amount of content you can create. So we try to realize what's a 20% activity for you, the 80, 20 principle of like, what is the next big thing? What's the next rock for you to push over? Amazing. Well, that sounds like you're going to get into some very, very deep marketing thinking with people. And, and as you said, it starts with the thinking and understanding, not just pretty images. So the place to go for that, folks, if you want to book in a call, if you are somebody who's considering spending, you know, premium, but but very affordable prices is butter.la forward slash contact, if I've got that right. So and uh Presumably, we ought to just give you a second to just tell us what you offer if people do decide to work with you. It sounds like obviously you do a lot of deep analysis up front. What do you offer? Just kind of images, videos for, for on listings. Give us the picture in, in one minute of what you Yeah, for for Amazon, for Amazon brands, primarily what we're doing is the on Amazon content. So that you know, that's your story image, the six images, the video for your listing, related video shorts potentially. If you want to do the whole shebang, then you, you know, we call it like the premium listing. You have a related video short, which would be like an unboxing or like a tutorial or, uh, you know, an influencer. We can do like a fake influencer video that they're like introducing the product, which those kill, by the way. And, you know, your listings and then A plus content. So, you know, an entire sort of like that website section in the middle of your page. So that would be a premium listing. We could do that all. And I think that starts at 2500 where you get that entire package which is a ton of content right so we would do one and this is all custom this is not yeah we don't use stock imagery right so yeah, that's yeah. the difference right we were talking about earlier where it's like this is what's happening is the chinese sellers are coming in using stock imagery not understanding the customer saying kind of weird english and you can stand out really well if you if you, if you next to that Chinese listing that's $2 less than yours, $10 less than yours. The 
the savvy customer, which is everybody, by the way, can see this is different. Do I want the cheap Chinese one or do I want the one that has a real uh, brand? And even yeah. if it's this almost identical product, <laughs> like, right, the, that, that branding, the halo of the branding will get you the click, will get you the sale, will get you the customer loyalty. Amazing. Well, look, that's the, the, the basics of the basics. That's actually some really um, powerful, insightful stuff. But I mean, it's the sort of big picture view, I guess. So we're going to talk briefly about how to do a bit more of the tactical stuff about how to create a visual brand. We'll pack in as much as we can. But for the moment, that's been uh, quite a lot to take on board and some really profound concepts. And uh, I can tell that the sort of Hollywood storyteller in you is, is living. So that's, that's very great stuff. Thank you, Judson, for your, your insights. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.